0: The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor?
1: Doctor? 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 Doctor?
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
2: And hello again, everyone, and welcome into to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel. I'm radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and co-team physician of the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon for Midwest orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. As always, we're going to talk about a number of sports injury-related topics. We also have our website. Please visit sportsmedicineweekly.com. We're back to get it going right after this on ESPN 1000.
3: That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So, is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow, that's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico physical therapy, better for everybody.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
2: Back here on Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning, Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole. And that proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Dr. Cole, interesting stuff with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, We had a little um, two-man injury collision during a recent White Sox game against the Toronto Blue Jays at Guaranteed Rate Field here in Chicago. Happened in short right field. Willie Garcia. Comes in from right field, Johan Mancada, their prized so-called recruit, uh, coming out from second base, and um, big collision, and uh, it winds up that Mankata has a knee bruise, Willie Garcia in conco- concussion protocol later, they find a, a broken jaw, so let's bring on right now uh, one of your partners, Dr. Nick Verma, he is the head team physician with the Chicago White Sox, from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, you of course being the uh, co-team physician, and... Uh, head team position with the Chicago Bulls. So I found it interesting because um, people are asking me, guys, uh, you know, how do you handle injuries to two players at the same time? Dr. Verma, you go first.
4: Sure. Thanks for having me on again, Steve. You know, it, re- it really is something that we're used to doing in, in medicine and orthopedics, and it's really a triage function. So I think there's two two points to drive home. Number one is uh, we have multiple people at the games that are uh, medical personalities, include paramedics, athletic trainers, a primary care physician and an orthopedic physician. So there's lots of people there that can handle multiple players at one time. And then the second thing is, you know, you look for the most serious or life-threatening injury first. So in this case, with um, with Willie Garcia, obviously a head injury can be a significant or a potentially catastrophic event. We've got the paramedics making sure that uh, if there's any airway needs or other uh, acute needs, those are taken care of. Uh, the extremity trauma generally falls secondary after after a head injury. But, you know, the, the reality is in professional sports today, there's enough people on site that we can handle, you know, probably two or three players at once.
5: Nick, when uh, when it happened, and I didn't see the, the video, but did he lose consciousness or appear to lose consciousness?
4: He did, yeah. So if you look at the video, it's a pretty significant blow to the side of the head. It really and is. And jaw yeah. region He has a direct impact between Moncada's knee and uh, Willie's cheek, so to speak, and, yeah. and there was a temporary loss of
2: consciousness on the field. Yeah, I mean, that and I imagine. But uh, he uh, caught the baseball. He held down for the out, Dr. Cole. so yeah, it's all in the end. <laughs> that's that's all did. that matters. <laughs> I, I, no, <laughs> was, it, you know what? That video, I showed it to my sons over and over again. We kept replaying it. It was, it was, wow, it was quite a shot. Yeah, shock. I mean, if
5: to get enough energy to break uh, a mandible. Uh, yeah, And, what is that? and it, the it, jaw and sustain a brutal impact. Uh, and no sustained concussion at the same time, because usually it's one or the other, not both, it's, it's, it's pretty significant. Was um, Mankata was just a contusion or, or, or a bruise, basically? Yeah,
4: so fortunately, no big structural problem for him. Um, uh, you know, Willie's the one who really obviously was required the most attention early on. And uh, as you know, Brian, in professional sports, um, we, we have protocols to handle head injuries in terms of the evaluation that has to happen if there's any secondary evaluation, such as CT scans or MRIs. And, and he'll go through that protocol now um, to clear him prior to return to make sure that we're doing everything can, we can to uh, keep them safe.
5: You know, an uh, ignorant question. Are, are we getting uh, preseason concussion uh, uh, testing on, on all the players? Do they do it? We do scat testing. On every single is, Yeah, you do it on every one. Everyone gets a new what one. What does that pre- mean? Yeah, Nick, I'll, I can let you explain that. But everyone's getting it pre-season, and they're getting an up-to-date test uh, prior to the beginning of the season?
4: Correct, Yeah. yes. Steve's so, asking, so Steve, go ahead. What a SCAT test is, is if you think about it, when we're trying to examine the brain, there's not really a physical exam test that we can do for that. Check, is it functioning? Is it healthy? Is it safe to go back? So what we do is we put the players through a standardized test to test mentation. So it asks them for questions like memory, current events, et cetera, and it gives them a score. And that gives us a baseline level. And so after an injury such as this, you can then repeat that score and and check to see whether they're at their baseline or functioning below that. And it gives us one way to objectively measure when they may be ready to return. Now, there's a variety of others that are used as well, but it's at least one objective measurement that we can have in that situation.
2: Our guest is Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox or Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole at his Sports Medicine Weekly. And uh, Dr. Verma, along those lines with the mancata injury, so you have him in the clubhouse. Um, how is that treated right away? There's just there's a little physical exam. He, he hurt his knee. Everyone thought it could be an ACL, but I've learned on this show I'm doing it with six years with Dr. Cole, that most ACL injuries are non contact, correct? Correct, yes, that's true.
4: So, you know, the first thing we do is we look at the mechanism of injury. This one was a direct impact um, and then a subsequent fall. Uh, it's, it all starts with the physical exam. And fortunately, when you see these guys early on, there's relatively little bruising, swelling, et cetera, that may obscure your exam. So, you really get the opportunity to take a close look at the ligaments. You see this often in football where Uh, On the field, they're immediately checking ligament stability in a knee right after a guy goes down before he even stands up. Uh, X-rays are a general part of it. Uh, We have that ability um, in the locker room to make sure that there's not an acute fracture. And then, you know, it becomes a physician decision in terms of higher-level imaging based on the player's exam at that time. And oftentimes we'll wait a day and see him again to determine if there's anything that suggests that there may be some further structural injury that we need to look at.
2: Dr. Verma, how about immediate treatment then? So it's you know is, is it ice then? Like we've always told, ice on, 20 minutes, off on, on and off for 20 minutes. Is that the same thing for a professional athlete?
4: It, it is. The whole goal early on is just to control swelling. Uh, if we can keep the swelling under control, it generally shortens the time that a player will require before they're able to get back. So they, they generally undergo immediate icing followed by training room treatments, and there's a variety of different modalities, we call them. That our trainers use ultrasound and stimulation type devices that all help with swelling the next day they'll often start some contrast which is alternating heat and ice um but just like you do at home it's a variety of uh, anti-inflammatories uh icing rest ice compression the typical things that you would think about for any injury
2: i got one more question so you send joan Mancata home do you tell him then continue the icing through the night we often
4: will have him ice through the night
2: and in fact uh,
4: we often will send them home with an icing unit, so uh, a, a similar unit to what we would use in a post-operative setting. We'll have them uh, run that on their knee overnight, which provides a, uh, a combination of compression and uh, ice therapy. To uh, again, all directed just to try to keep the swelling at a minimum.
2: Interesting
5: stuff, uh, Nick. I'm curious. Um, the I know we had a little experience with uh, when when Derek Rose had his orbital fracture, which is totally random, took an elbow to the eye basically, uh, and and I was surprised at how quickly the uh, The surgeon said he could get back to play. Pretty amazing, actually. But that's a little bit different than a plate put in a mandible, I think. I'm curious, are you able to speak to approximately how long they think he might be out and when uh, the uh, head and neck surgeon, I assume it's head and neck, uh, or Odeler, yeah, I assume it's head neck uh, will allow him to get back to play. Uh,
4: yeah, and... I, I was a little surprised too, Brian. And and it's the the publicly released number is four to six weeks. It's just what we think it's going to be right now. Yeah, frankly, you know, with the loss of consciousness and the severity of the head injury, um, that may in fact be the more limiting one, just based on how quickly we see him recover to baseline status. So yeah. um, it's it's not like an orthopedic fracture where you're talking generally months before a player right. can get back. Right. Just with the healing potential and the fact that once it's fixed rigidly. The risk of re injury is much lower than an extremity where they're weight bearing or
5: using it for functional demands. Right. And then they can also protect it in some way if need be. So that might be yep, something that absolutely. might I imagine that might be something that might come up. Is
2: it all I'm thinking broken jaw? Is that always a wired shut procedure? No, no. That's
5: sometimes it can be. I mean it can be, yeah, because it's comminuted in multiple pieces, things like that, or they have to wire it to protect it. In this case, did they have to wire it to protect it or not?
4: No, they just they just used a plate. Fortunately yeah. it was a fairly clean break. It wasn't in a lot of pieces. And is he... joint uh our jaw point joint or our T M J joint was was reduced. I think those are the ones where they get into more trouble and have to hold things in place.
5: Right. And is he like, I know it's kind of a silly question, but they say what he can and can't eat for like six weeks, or they, is it a pretty liberal post op recovery?
4: Yeah, I think it's mostly tolerance. You know, obviously for early on, he's, he's on soft. It's just for comfort, but uh, he'll progress pretty rapidly, is my expectation.
5: Well, we wish him uh, obviously a, 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 a speedy recovery. It's a it's a it's a very tough injury.
2: Yeah, Dr. Nick Verma, hey, that's uh, great stuff, Dr. Verma. I appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, explaining because we we saw it uh, the Willie Garcia, Yoan Mankata collision during that White Sox game against uh, Toronto in short right field, and uh, boy, it was uh, you just didn't know. But uh, fortunately. Uh, The guys are going to be okay in the long run, and I know Mankata's already playing again. So uh, great work, and uh, let's keep them healthy, right? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's Dr. Nick Verma, the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. Stay with us with
5: more
6: surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at That's karenmalkin.com. That's k a r e n m a l k i n.com.
0: Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality state-of-the-art healthcare services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. And we're back here
2: on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole at his Sports Medicine Weekly. Our producer, board operator Felix Reyes, Eric Ostrowski, coordinating producer Teresa Ann Seeger. You can follow us on Twitter at SMW Home, and we have a Facebook page as well. And that proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Dr. Cole, uh, it's amazing these topics that are uh, coming through the stem cell subject and topic, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I, I think um, it's, 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 it's a fascinating uh, endeavor because it's driven by media, it's driven by patients, it's driven by the lay public, it's driven by business and enterprise and so forth, uh, just because they're they, they are potentially utilized in so many different spaces. You know, we, we have an active stem cell research program to try to determine if they really make a difference, for example, in patients who have arthritis or are undergoing rotator cuff repair. Uh, we've talked about that before. Um, but it, there's a huge uh, population of patients and studies that are ongoing right now that are well beyond the orthopedic field. So it's it's a fascinating area. There's a lot to learn, and there's a, a, a tremendous amount of uh, entrepreneurial opportunity.
2: So stem cells age as uh, we do, all right? And That's what true. do you think of preserving young patient stem cells for use uh, at a later
5: stage of their life? Well, I mean, it, it intuitively, it, it makes sense. Uh, you know, Once we find the purpose for these stem cells... Um, I can tell you that there's a lot of data that shows that younger people have better, healthier stem cells than do older people. That's not in every type of stem cell or every source of cell, but there is literature that suggests that younger is better. All
2: right, let's bring on our next guest. Interesting stuff here. Co-founder and CEO of Forever Labs out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. It is Steve Klausnitzer. And uh, Steve, how are you on this uh, Saturday morning? I'm doing well. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate you guys having me. Good. So why should people bank their stem cells now? Is there a sense of urgency?
1: Yeah, absolutely there is. Um, you know, you mentioned it. As you age, you have less of these stem cells, and the ones that you have uh, are less therapeutically efficacious. They don't work as well the older you get. Um, so, yeah, there's absolutely a sense of urgency. Uh, towards that end, you know, I'm 40 years old right now. I stored myself. I have my 38-year-old cells set aside, so uh, I feel pretty good about that.
5: Tell me where, what the source of the stem cells are. That you're storing sure
1: Uh, we store bone marrow derived stem cells and there's a there's a reason we chose bone marrow as I'm sure you guys are both well aware there are many different uh, access points for stem cells and there are different types of stem cells throughout the body but in the bone marrow you've got mesenchymal stem cells hematopoietic stem cells endothelial progenitor cells various stromal cells so we're after the whole bone marrow niche Uh, and if you have younger bone marrow you essentially have a younger vasculature uh, younger, younger uh, bone, younger immune system, younger connective tissue. You so, would so you, have a, a biologically younger body.
5: Are you taking it from the, I'll, I'll clarify for the public, but sure. the posterior iliac crest?
4: That's absolutely correct.
5: Okay, and um, it's sort of in the back, yep. so people understand it's the sort of the pelvis, the back of the pelvis where it meets the spine. And are you doing this in an office setting?
1: Yeah, we do it both uh, clinically and then sometimes, uh, you know, patients, if they're coming in recently, for example, last week a woman in Michigan had uh, hip surgery. Um, and while doing that, she opted to have her stem cells collected and stored. So and, we'll do it in clinic, and then oftentimes we'll do it adjunct to a surgery too.
5: And do you process the bone marrow aspiration where you pull the blood from the bone marrow out and do you spin it down in a centrifuge, or do you just keep it as it is natively when you pull it out?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, we have to um, put it in a centrifuge. And reason being, if we were to store it at the temperatures that we store these cells at, with the red blood cells intact, um, those red blood cells will expand um basically burst and damage the cells around them. So we put it in a centrifuge, remove the red blood cells, and we're left with the whole um, mononuclear cell population.
5: So, okay, I think Steve has a question. Actually. Yeah, I wanted you guys to
2: explain that further.
5: You're yeah, getting a little bit no technical with the
2: centrifuge. Yeah, so Steve, so it's what is basically what they centrifuge? do. Centrifuge?
5: How many cc's of blood do you pull out? Typically, uh, 60 cc's. All right, so that's what we do when we do our bone marrow aspirates. We pull it 60 cc's, but we uh, spin it down, and, and we put it in a machine that spins really, really fast. Okay, and these all the different cells in the in the blood have different, uh, what we call specific gravities. They have different weights. And they'll segregate out based upon the speed and the length of time you spin it. So if you think about it like large rocks, small rocks, pebbles, sand, things like that, if you put it and spun it around really, really fast, they would layer out based upon the density or size and so forth. So the centrifuge actually helps to separate out the different types of cells that would be present in the blood that's pulled out. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, so you're looking for the the heavier stuff's the good stuff? Not necessarily. It's just that it separates
5: it out. And then how many
2: different separations? Well,
5: what they're doing is they are, um, I don't want to speak for them, is they're pulling out what he said is mononuclear cells. That's a cell that has sort of a large nucleus at the center of the cell. That could be a stem cell, but it could be many other types of cells that have that same characteristic. Did I say it correctly? Is there anything I'm saying incorrectly, Steve?
1: No, it's all great. In fact, I'm going to borrow that uh, analogy about the rock. Okay. So thank you. You can, you can have it.
5: So let's, let's fast forward. Are you freezing this then when, after you do that?
1: Yeah. So what we do is we will take the cells and we put them in these cryobags. We store them in nine different cryobags so you can have access to your own cells in the future at nine different access points. And, yeah, and then, we yes, we store them in uh, liquid nitrogen, and they're stored at temperatures that render them biologically inert, which is to say that, you know, as you continue to age, your cells are not um, and we store those in Franklin, Massachusetts. We actually use a company called Fisher Bioservices mm-hmm. to store the cells out. Yeah. And it's, that's their core competency.
2: Again, we're visiting with Steve Klausnitzer. He is the co-founder and CEO of Forever Labs in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN Radio. We're talking about the purpose of preserving young patients' stem cells for use at a later stage of their life. Uh, let me ask you some specifics, Steve. Collecting mm-hmm. stem cells, uh, how long does it take, and is it an outpatient procedure?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's very quick. It's about a 15-minute procedure. Um, as a CEO, I try to be as, at as many of these procedures as I can be. And, I, um, you know, the first question people always ask before they have the procedure is, does it hurt? Uh, because if you mention the word the word's bone marrow to someone, uh, you know, it puts their hackles on edge. Uh, and I ask everyone afterwards to rate it on a discomfort level of 1, one to 10. And i got to say we're averaging a 2 or a 2.5 right in there. Very well tolerated uh, outpatient procedure. You can be back to work the same day. Um, when you walk out, you have a slight bruise on your on your lower back. Um, and uh, Dr. Cole, I know you uh, perform some. Uh, has it been your experience as well?
5: Yeah, they tolerate it extremely well. But most of the use that we uh, uh, have is in the operating room as an adjunct to surgical procedure, so it makes mm-hmm. it easy. But in the office setting, patients tolerate it well. Let me ask you a question. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, I what it, what uses when a patient? Says, well, why am I doing this? Maybe give mm-hmm. me the top three. Uh, most valid, uh, scientifically valid uses that patients will walk away with is saying, yes, sure. this is a good idea. What's your pitch?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's based on why someone does it is possibly a different answer than the most scientifically valid. But let me answer the, the question you asked. So the most scientifically valid right now, you know, I mentioned earlier, there are over 500 clinical trials right now using the cells that we store. And some of them are in Phase 2 and Phase 3. Um, for example, cardiovascular disease this is you know number one killer in the U.S., uh, phase three clinical trial using MSCs uh, and literally repairing damaged tissue in in, in the heart. So very promising. Um, then you also have uh, stroke, Alzheimer's, MS, all of these various age-related disease states that are being treated with success in clinical trials. Now, that those are some practical, pragmatic reasons to have access to your own younger cells. But what I think is the most exciting proposition and something that we're working at uh, at Forever Labs, we're doing animal work to prove this out, is taking young stem cells, your young stem cells, and reintroducing them to you when you're older and while you're still healthy to keep you healthy, so reconstituting your bone, blood, and immune system. Now, this has been done in animal models, and it's been shown that the animals that received just one reintroduction of their younger cells actually lived longer than the control group. So we're trying to put together the gold standard for this so that we can bring forth the first clinical trial where our clients are able to treat themselves while they're still healthy uh, to potentially live uh, a longer, healthier life.
2: And, uh, again, visiting with Steve Kostnitzer, co-founder and CEO of Forever Labs. Another question, Steve, how do you, do you envision stem cell treatments benefiting athletes?
1: Yeah, good question. So they're already benefiting athletes. You know, athletes are um, using these cells to help uh, promote healing, um, uh, regenerate tissue growth, things like that. Uh, so it's happening already. What I think is um, interesting, you know, uh, top of mind for people right now is uh, the NFL and the problem with traumatic brain injury, uh, CTE, Um There are clinical trials using uh, mesenchymal stem cells to treat this. Uh, In particular, uh, Stanford and UCSF have a partnership right now uh, studying this in phase two. Uh, And mesenchymal stem cells to treat TBI has been quite successful. So um, that's one very, uh, I think, important way that athletes could benefit from this in the future. But um, as Dr. Cole mentioned earlier, studying osteoarthritis, uh, if you're an athlete, uh, you're more likely to, uh, to suffer from such things. So these are ways that you can treat there are ways right now you can treat an athlete currently, but there are ways you can treat an athlete after their career that I think is really important, too. If I were an athlete, professional or otherwise, I'd be banking myself as soon as possible so that uh, later in life I can have a good quality of
5: life. Well, uh, we want to thank you for coming on. I, I, you know, there's a lot of uh, work to be done. Clearly, uh, something being in clinical trial is not necessarily the same as it we know it works, or know it does what it does. Sure. But we've got to keep looking because, obviously, this is the holy grail. And if we can find something that's truly relevant and truly works, uh, it doesn't. We don't have to know it today, but it, I, it, it makes sense that having the ability to do this in the future by preserving it, you know, it seems like a good idea, but I know we have a lot of science that has to be done to uh, demonstrate the utility of these things. And
2: Dr. Cole, is it is it a step towards reversing the aging process in any way? I no, know I, you I, don't I, want to I, take I, that
5: step, but it's interesting just to talk about it. It's interesting to talk about it. I just, you know, we, we worry about uh, creating perceptions that we don't know our reality at this point. And and I think that there's a responsibility of all of us who do this work to make sure that we're that things that we do are have a scientific basis. Because uh, this, let's face it, this is out of pocket. Insurance is not covering it. It has the patient's own financial responsibility. Uh, it is very low risk, but not risk free. It is a procedure, but very low risk for sure. Um, and you know, so there are other implications. It's not free, as we say. So, and I don't mean just economically. Uh, that being said, it's very provocative, and it's where a lot of this research will be going. And that's why, as he said, there's several hundred clinical trials going on now. We just have to follow those clinical. Trials through they often will they are often FDA trials so we have to see where the FDA leads with these things and stay on top of what's getting improved and what's not because still there are a number of these that are still not ready for prime time in the clinical setting.
2: All righty, Steve, great stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, interesting uh, topic. Thank you, Steve Kostnitzer, co-founder, CEO, of Forever Labs. Back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages on the ESPN Radio.
6: I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I looked forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn
0: more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com Midwest. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report Rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do.
3: That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow, that's not good. Or having an accident. At work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000.
2: Our producer, board operators are Felix Reyes and Eric Ostrowski, our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly, Chicago's premier sports medicine program coming your way each and every Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 9 here on ESPN 1000.
5: You've got the Chicago Sports Summit coming up, Dr. Cole, in early October. Yes, I think I'd like to do a shameless plug for that, if that's okay, Steve. Sure. So, uh, well, tell it's us for, about it. Well, it's, a, it's, a one, it's for a wonderful cause. It's October 4th uh, this year. And it will be at the Hyatt Regency Hotel on Upper Wacker Drive. We did it last year as the first event. This is the second year. Last year, we raised $35,000 for after-school matters. And this year, it's the same recipient uh, for the philanthropy, uh, but we're also targeting uh, reduced violence in Chicago through keeping our young athletes and youth active and off the streets. So in light of that, we have an entire panel of professional athletes and uh, related personnel who have experiences in this area, and trying to figure out ways to reduce violence in Chicago by giving our kids something to do other than uh, being on the streets, and that's keeping them active and healthy in sports. We also have a panel on sports science. So we'll be talking about the latest and greatest techniques as it comes to, say, fluid management, uh, electrolytes, uh, recovery, uh, nutrition, supplements, so forth, four or five experts in the field. And then we also have um, a panel on sort of sports marketing, if you will, the interplay between these high level multi million dollar sponsorship agreements that athletes have with uh, uh, corporate uh, corporate america and huge athletic companies and so forth so we have some amazing speakers i just think if people want to learn about it we th- th- you have a chance to come as an individual uh, become a sponsor f- for a table or become a uh, gold silver or platinum sponsor and you would go to uh, chicago sports summit.com that's chicago sports to register for the event so Once again, it's October 4th, 2017. It's just a half day, 8 a.m. to noon, and we have some amazing speakers, uh, panelists, and uh, notable individuals in Chicago. Kim Fox will be there. The mayor will be there. Uh, We have a number of athletes, uh, Jared Payton, uh, uh, Kenny Williams, uh, Father Scott Donahue from Mercy Homes, some really influential individuals who uh, have been key and critical to interfacing with this important cause of reducing violence in Chicago. All right, ChicagoSportsSummit.com, October 4th.
2: 2017. Back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after this on ESPN Radio.
0: AlloSource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. ProCondrax, the latest solution from AlloSource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about ProCondrax, visit
6: Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I've been having knee pain for quite some time and did what Probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I looked forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget.
0: To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
2: That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole for operating our website and doing our business side of Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of
0: Sports Medicine Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.